everyone comes in. Um, before everyone comes in, as everyone comes in, I'd love to start the happy hours with a question. I'd love to hear from you. This is a very serious question that I absolutely need your answer on. I've never grown, I've never successfully grown my own produce. I've never successfully grown my own plants, herbs, fruits and vegetables. I'm determined now more than ever. I heard this sense of urgency, which is great for motivation, that I gotta get my seeds planted by May 1st. That's what I was told. So please, oh Marie, I love that you have a pen and paper, you're taking notes. Um, please add into the chat which fruits and vegetables I should start planting, which ones you've had most success with, and if you would please do me a favor and, and direct which ones need the most sunlight versus not, because in my planter box, there's half of it that gets more sun. I've been told that basil should go there. Um, but tell me if you've had success with zucchinis or eggplants or strawberries or tomatoes, what kind, what varieties. I would love to know if there are flowers you guys all know. So please add to the chat if you've ever had a plant that you were successfully able to keep alive. Um, I would love to hear about it. Okay, let's see that chat before I get going. I've had success with basil, mint, and thyme. Cucumbers, okay, I'm really determined to do cucumbers. Um, I have to get a sub pod for composting. Brussels sprouts? If I could grow Brussels sprouts, I would be the happiest person on earth. Okay, I'm really excited. Hi, Allison. I'm super excited because everyone is saying, everyone's telling me that zucchini is really easy to grow. And within, you can drop it. Look how many post-its I have in here because I have so many happy hour topics I want to cover. Uh, within, you can drop it the amazing book that we're all talking about today, I really wanted to start with super simple recipes, like easy intro to healthy cooking and eating. So I wanted to keep it very basic so you don't feel like you need to get all new ingredients. So I basically focused on five veggies, five ways. And one of the veggies is zucchini. So if I could grow my own zucchini in my front or backyard or situation, side, any area with sunlight, I would be a happy camper because then you can make all of these recipes. Um, Someone said they grew tomatoes. Yeah, everyone is saying tomatoes are the best thing, which is amazing because I have to show you guys this recipe right here. And I'm very excited because you all voted to talk about carbs today. And I love that you're all talking about carbs because look at this delicious recipe I literally made four minutes ago. These veggies most turkey sliders, how adorable. And yes, I did sink my teeth in them even though they're really tall. The burgers are delicious. Um, this recipe is gonna be in the Mindset membership next month. And then if you're a Beachbody On Demand subscriber, you're gonna start getting all these Mindset menu recipes too, which is like super exciting because I think there's almost 3 million subscribers. How cute. So these have basically no carbs in them because it's cucumbers and tomatoes, which are all telling me I can grow, and then just turkey, which I took from the freezer. So I'm really excited to talk all about carbs today. But before I talk about carbs, I wanna hear from you. The whole point of doing these in Zoom and not Instagram Live is so I can hear from you. So I have uh, Matt and Caitlin on helping me find you guys. So please, under participants, you can raise hand. Please raise your hand. Tell me what your deal with carbs is. Tell me why you wanted carbs to be the topic. Tell me your biggest questions regarding carbs or just follow up from our last happy hour all about emotional eating. What's helped you from the last call that's helping you? So raise your hand. Uh, and, and Caitlin and Matt, please help me uh, get, get someone sharing here. What do we got? What do we got? People can also unmute themselves. They have the ability yeah. to do that. Just unmute yourself. Let's see, let's see what happens. Oh, Shira Einhorn. Hey, I'm 
my sister's here. She's saying, are holy bagels, unless there's another shoe rider, are their holy bagels much better than plain? That is such a good question. Um, oh, Cindy Taylor, what question do you have? Oh, I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't have a question yet. <laughs> All right, what do you have to say? Come on, everyone, I'm so glad. Uh, I got a question. Yeah. Can anybody hear me? Yeah. Oh, hey. So I have, um, I love the beach bars and I often use that as like a mid to late afternoon snack, but I have noticed that I have, if I have it after like two or three, I don't see a weight loss on the scale, but it's this tiny little bar. So I'm wondering if it's more like a carb than a protein at that point. That is such a good question. If anyone doesn't know what the beach bars are, they're absolutely fantastic. It's 150 calories for like the most delicious chocolate tasting bar ever, but it does have 10 grams of protein. So within the Chewy mindset, it is classified as a protein, but there are some carbs in it. There is fiber in it as well. So what's it counted as? That is an amazing question that I will be able to answer within this book. Um, great question. Any other questions, comments on carbs? I see Amy's holding a baby. Katie's holding a baby. Uh, we got lots of babies on here. So especially if you're like nursing, Heather's picked up a child. So we got, we got a lot of people on here. Shannon's daughter's here listening. Ah, I see. Okay, great. So we'll definitely be conscious of kids being on here and listening about carbs, but it's all a really positive message on it. So any other questions we have on this? Any other questions? before we go into carbs. I have a question. Go for it. Um, how, what about like, um, like I was at Trader Joe's earlier today and I'm like seeing like the cauliflower gnocchi and stuff like that. Are those considered a veg? That is an amazing question. That's an amazing question because if you see my veggie list, which I honestly, when you guys see how much colors in this book, you're gonna freak out. I don't even see my screen anymore, but I hope you can see mine. Like this is proteins. I have color here, a whole list of all the proteins all the veggies and then all the carbs too the whole list is here and if you see when it comes to cauliflower you're always going to find cauliflower on the veggie list um which is because i classify every veggie on the veggie list as every veggie under 50 calories per cup something like cauliflower uh, 30 or less calories per cup something you could eat so much of you could eat 10 cups of cauliflower rice for the same calories as one cup of regular rice which would be considered a carb so um cauliflower is definitely considered a veggie but what happens when you see cauliflower pizza and cauliflower gnocchi and cauliflower cracker crackers and cauliflower pretzels and cauliflower puffs and cauliflower pasta I saw um what do you count that as and I definitely um just to skip ahead, definitely recommend you always consider those an FFC, a fiber-filled carbohydrate, when you're plating it within the 2B mindset, at least to start. Um, okay, so someone is saying, can you talk about weight loss mode versus melting mode, which is the other proposed topic of this, um, of today's happy hour, and I'm happy if we have time to go over that too, because it was a close race between uh, wanting to know more about carbs and wanting to know what the difference is between weight loss mode, melting mode, and maintenance mode, which are my three stages of weight loss with the 2B mindset and with my bulk, you can drop it. Okay, I'm gonna start. Well, how about um, uh, the, yeah, the shirtake noodles and then uh, palmini? Is it palmini? What is that considered? Great question. So uh, palmini pasta is the uh, shaved like hearts of palm 
Hearts of Palm literally come from the center of a palm tree. How cool is oh, that? I mean, oh, that is cool. It's just so cool. I was eating Hearts of Palm for so many years before I realized they're actually from the center of a palm tree. So I, it's so exciting. It is Hearts of Palm is a veggie. Um, and so the palmini pasta, the Hearts of Palm pasta is also considered a veggie, something you could have multiple cups of for less calories than a cup of pasta. And shirataki noodles, I also consider a veggie because it's kind of the same thing of a veggie in terms of being uh, really just fiber holding water and uh, super low calories, something that's like highly indigestible like you eat it, it fills you up, but a lot of it passes through you. Um, I hope that's okay to say. So uh, <laughs> if you think that's squeamish, don't get the book because I definitely have a whole section oh, on, that's great. <laughs> on digestion, using the bathroom, um, why, like, how to make veggies less gassy and all that stuff. So definitely get it if like, you feel like you've always been wanting to ask those questions and haven't been able to get the answer. I have no shame. I give you those answers in the book. Um, okay, so let's talk about carbs because right now, I think everyone, if anyone is gaining weight at home, there's so many sources and culprits of it, right? A lot of it's boredom. A lot of it's a need for distraction. A lot of it's a need for um, like breath and just calm and just a sense of groundedness, a sense of what to do, a sense of how to break up the day, certainly a sense of comfort, certainly a sense of an emotional outlet. Why do we choose carbs when we're feeling stressed? Why? Why do we always go for carbs when we're feeling, when we're looking? Why are there so many news reports saying people are stocking up on comfort foods and the comfort foods they're explaining and using as the examples are not cauliflower and kale, my comfort foods at this point, but they're Oreos and mac and cheese and bread rolls and all these things. Why are those always our source of comfort? And, I, think, um, I think for me, I, why do I go for carbs? Because it kicks off that cortisol level and it, that, and then my insulin goes in overdrive, but it's like such an instant gratification, like the sh sugar, which predominantly most sugars and carbs. And, and then like half hour later, I'm just kicking myself. Why did I do that? I'm so guilty. Or if I have a glass of red wine, I want like crackers and cheese. Yes. So I see them triggering each other, obviously, you know, bite it, write it. So that's like really helped me open my eyes to my really bad habits. Yeah, bite it, write it. Like if you bite it, just write it. And that will yep. help you become more in tune with it. But that's the thing with carbs is we all have to note that with carbs is the word you use was trigger. And a lot of people, myself included, will tell you, you can lose weight eating carbs, but you also have to know yourself with them. And you also have to identify which you can eat and can make you feel satisfied and can help you lose weight. Whether it's uh, brown rice cakes or like high fiber crackers or a piece of high fiber toast or banana in your smoothie and which ones like instinctively like just create this, this ravenous person out of you and make it hard to stop. So that's what I definitely address in the chapter um, within You Can Drop It. Uh, it's a little bit different than how I talked about carbs within the To Be Mindset program. I definitely talk more about how to curb that addictive quality of carbs and go deeper into it. So I definitely want to address that here. Um, so I'm gonna start with just reading the introduction of the carbohydrate uh, chapter. Uh, and so for everyone who doesn't have a be mindset or needs a refresher, which is all of us at all the time, uh, we can get going on that and then we'll get into the meat and heart of how to end the addictive triggering quality of the carbs. If at any point you want me to break, if you want to add something, just unmute yourself and interrupt me. That's what these are all about. Um, I can't believe we have almost 250 people on this. Send the link to your friends. Let's blow these up. I think we have a capacity of 10,000 now, so let's do it. Okay, so carbohydrates. 
You think politics and sports are the big pot stirs or at the dinner table discussion? Try saying the word carbs among people who deal with food, health, and bodies for a living. In these circles, carbohydrates have spurred more debate than just about any nutritional hot button issue that I can remember. There's a group that classifies carbs as pure evil. They see it as a macronutrient that they have no control over. They think it works like an instant injection of fat into your body and they beat themselves up when they cheat. Okay, so we know so many programs like keto and, um, you know, paleo didn't completely cut out carbs, but Atkins and keto, like, who completely and totally demonize carbs. Like, we all know um, how, how much of a stigma they create around it, including using that word, that awful word cheat to describe them when you do eat them. There's another group that thinks that this way is too extreme of a position and that carbs are part of a holistic approach to eating. So most vegans will tell you, anyone who's been vegan for a really long time, anyone who has been successful going vegan and losing weight, which I don't see, honestly, personally, I've never found as a very successful group long-term, um, going vegan for sustainable, it's Earth Day, uh, going vegan for cultural or spiritual reasons is one thing, going vegan just to lose weight um, without the modifications presented within the 2B mindset, uh, I, you know, is always a tricky thing because then they tend to eat a lot more carbs, right? Beans are the source of protein and everything else, but they think it's very important to eat lots of carbs. My view of carbs is found somewhere in the middle. Um, they certainly don't need to be banned but they should be controlled. So my view on carbohydrates, I've never heard another registered dietitian break down carbs the way I do, but the word you'll hear me use a lot around carbs is choosing the ones that you can control because we, there's a very big difference between going through a bag of potato chips, even if they're bean chips with fiber, but not being able to stop at just this 12 chip serving size or eating a whole pot of mac and cheese over the pot and stove, we've all been there, so don't say you haven't been, and having one slice of high fiber toast with your eggs in the morning. Huge difference. So my stance is really in where can we find that beautiful middle ground where you've identified very clearly which ones you just don't even want to mess with or you want to mess with when you're in a much stronger state um, and which ones you can add as part of your daily like, ritual and routine. There's a good reason for that. Carbs are made of sugars, as uh, um, someone beautifully explained. Carbs break down to sugars, starches, and fibers. Carbs all break down to these three things. They're either sugars, starches, or fibers, a combination of all three, okay? And the fiber component to carbohydrates will keep us full and more in control. The fibrous foods also tend to contain a lot of other nutrients. I need my food models. This is why we need happy hours, because I can actually show you my brown rice. <laughs> I can actually show you the difference between white pasta and brown rice. Brown rice has this beautiful outer layer, which is where the fiber and the B vitamins are. And this is the structural component. This is what holds the grain together. And the fiber is concentrated in this outer layer, like the peel of an apple. That's where a lot of the fiber is concentrated, okay? Potatoes and beans, the brown layer of grain, that's where the best part of carbohydrates is stored, is the outer layer, the outer layer of beans, the outer layer of apples and cucumbers, which is why I kept the skin on my cucumbers on because that's such a strong aspect of the fiber. We love fiber. Starches, things like pasta and all carbs, even ones that don't taste sweet, like white pasta, 
okay? Like rice and bread, they also break down to sugars. So all starches, okay, break down to sugars. So these sugars become a primary source of energy. They help fuel our systems, including your brain. They help you feel more energetic and they provide long lasting sources of power for your body. I have a question. How many of you have been running a marathon in the past week? We are not very active right now. The purpose of carbs is to fuel energy and activity. The purpose of carbs is to fuel like energy and activity. So eating a lot of, eating, not a lot of this, eating one serving of white pasta before going on a run. You'll hear a lot of personal trainers, a lot of athletes talk about the fact that they eat white rice before they do a hundred laps in a pool or run because it is a nice quick source of energy. But what happens when you eat one of these and one turns into several because if you think about a typical dinner plate and you think about how much pasta we've been served on it and then you sit, where does all of that carb fueling energy go? Not very far. I mean, we're kind of usually stores. So I say this with a note of caution, however, because the quality and the quantity of carbs matter. Most carbohydrates are found in nature, like beans, fruits, and whole grains. They do contain fiber and it works as the bodyguard. So I explain fiber as the bodyguard, okay? Because all the center of brown rice is sugars and starches. So without that brown, brown outer layer, um, we just get this fast release of sugar to the body. But if you have a fiber layer, the more fiber in your carbs, the better, because it acts as fibers, like cotton fibers. It's structure that your body has to break down in order to get to that sugary center. So it's a slow release in your bloodstream. It gives you longer time to burn it off, and so it doesn't store as fat. So I break down carbs into two categories, fiber-filled carbs, one that are packed with fiber, and then ones that are silly, that don't have fiber at all and that convert to sugars. So I think calling the whole situation carbs, bad carbs versus good carbs is too simplistic. The bottom line is the more fiber and the less sugar in a carb, the more control you're gonna have over it and the better it's gonna suit your overall, not just weight loss, but lifestyle. Because it doesn't feel like, it feels good feeling like you have the liberty to eat these things, but it doesn't feel good when you feel like you can't stop eating it. That, I just think that that, even if you are losing weight, if you feel like you are over the pot of a stove and eating macaroni and cheese and you have like no sense of what's happening and afterwards you're like, what just happened? It doesn't feel very good. And so I really have really trained myself to not, when I'm hungry, to make sure that this is not my first bite. Because if you're hungry and this is your first bite, goodness knows what happens. So that's why I break it down into the more sure model and more of that. So before I continue, what questions do we have on this? Where, um, do, do, I, do you want me to break down FFCs versus silly carbs, or should I go into uh, to what, choosing ones that we don't overeat? Are you guys loving this topic, or, or I can, how to overcome, yeah, share. Share. I think we should go over um, the last part that you just said. Oh, I love you, Nani Hunter. Okay, let, let's, so, let's, so let's break down FFCs and silly carbs, okay? Yeah. What's the difference between FFCs, fiber-filled carbs, and silly carbs? Okay, fiber-filled carbs are carbs with fiber. FFCs, fiber-filled carbs, and they take longer for your body to break down and digest, which is why they are sometimes referred to as complex. Have any of you ever heard of the term complex carbohydrates? Okay, good, you all have. But what's really funny is even though the word is complex, it's actually the better one for you. Okay, it's something that you want to be complex. You want these 
you want a stronger bodyguard. You want, if there's coronavirus out in the wild, you want gloves, a mask, and just to stay home if possible. You don't want to go in with no protection and just like licking off surfaces, right? So I don't want to compare silly carbs to that, but I always have kind of used the example of like going into the army on the front lines without, without some armor on you. That's what it's like when you just have sugar without any fiber in it. Fiber is, think like fibers and cotton. It's an outer layer attached to sugars and starches, which forces your body to have to break it down in order to get to that center sugary part. And that gives your pancreas time to catch up. And so it has a slow amount of, and controlled more helpful amount of insulin regulation rather than these huge spikes because it has to take its time to break through that fiber layer that is so protective and good for us. And that complexity is a good thing. It provides the slow drip of energy that your organs and systems need to operate most efficiently. So examples like starchy vegetables, like potatoes, which I, oh, beans. Beans are my favorite. Beans are my favorite um, because they have the highest amount of fiber and the lowest amount of sugar and they're inexpensive and they're sustainable. That's one of my favorite things that everyone's doing now is I feel like a lot of people are eating more beans than usual. To help you visualize this, ex ex you know, try to picture a zoomed in picture of whole wheat or rice. The outer layer is the bran. It's the complex part that's made of fiber. And then inside is the endosperm. So what's inside this brown layer is just white rice. The way you go from brown rice to white rice is just by taking off the fiber layer. Okay, I wanna make this very clear, and I'm so glad there are kids listening, because I've actually lectured to the dentist school at UCLA. So these are people who are about to be doctors, and no shame to them, I'm just saying most people don't know this information. Did you know that all white rice started out as brown rice? Kids, just so you're listening, adults. Oh, Carolyn, thank you for being honest. All white rice started as brown rice. In order to get white rice, they soak brown rice and remove the outer bran. That's how they make white flour too. They soak the white, the whole wheat flour, and then they sell it off separately as wheat germ, and they, that's the healthy aspect of the part. And then they also have wheat bran that you can buy separately. And that's how you make bran flakes, where they just take the bran aspect of it. Why is it then cheaper to buy white pasta than it is to buy whole wheat pasta? It doesn't make any sense. Whole wheat pasta is what, its original form is. Why would it be cheaper if it's more processing? Here's the horrible answer, which hopefully we can reverse as a unit together. Supply and demand. The more whole wheat pasta we demand and buy, the cheaper it's gonna get because it's way easier to make whole wheat pasta. It's one less step than it is to make white pasta where they just remove the good part and leave you with just that sugary center, um, starchy center. Um, so we want that bran layer always attached to the endosperm. We always want the fiber attached because that's what slows down our ability to break down that sugary starchy center. That way we have more stable blood sugar levels and more energy going forward. This is much better for your overall weight loss because think about it. Insulin is a fat storing hormone. So if you have a lot of sugar at once, it forces your body to make much more insulin. So I'm not even getting into diabetes prevention and blood sugar regulation, things like that. From a weight control aspect, it is much better and healthier for a weight loss, let alone your mindset, because you should have better control over it, when you choose carbohydrates that are much higher in fiber. The more fiber, the better. FFCs, fiber-filled carbohydrates, are helpful for a couple of reasons. One, they give you the full feeling benefits of fiber. Two, they help you avoid the crash and burn and eat effect that simple carbs have. 
So you might have heard carbs have a crash and burn effect, that they give you like a sugar spike and then a crash and burn. I call it crash, burn, and eat. Not only do they make you feel the spike of energy and relief and that, you know, slow, like that quick feeling of happiness, but then you kind of slump more. It also makes you eat more when you slump. So you can kind of get that addictive, exciting rush again. So don't just think of simple sugars and white flowers and white pasta as crash and burn, which you might've heard other people say. Think of it as crash, burn, and eat more. Okay, that's how I kind of differentiate it within the book. Okay, let's take a break. Judy's asking, what's couscous? Couscous is so tricky. Couscous really broke my heart when I found out about couscous. I used to eat tons of couscous and wonder why I wasn't losing weight. Couscous I thought was a whole grain, like quinoa. Couscous, which my husband's laughing because he used to call me couscous for our first four years of marriage. That's all he called me, that was my nickname. Um, couscous is this topped up white pasta. Just mini bites of white pasta. What a scam if, is that if you thought that it was something healthier than that. Um, okay. Someone share something. By the way, Courtney Miles, I'm obsessed with the artwork behind you. I don't know if that's a Zoom graphic or what, but it's absolutely beautiful. We love unicorns. All right, share something. I have a question. Yeah. What um, are your thoughts on differing on uh, fiber-filled carbs? Like for lunch, I tend to eat the same carbs every day. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? How's your weight loss uh, progress? Is it slowing or it's steady and great? Um, I mean, I'm down 63 pounds total since I started to be. Oh my gosh. No big but, deal. Amazing. But lately, kind of like I, I play with the same three pounds every week or two weeks. Like so I'll, I'll lose it, gain it, lose it, weight it, gain it, and then it's gone. So. Okay. Well, let's all start by like giving major shout out and props and congratulations. Yeah, Thanks. we're all rooting for you. That is amazing. Uh, how exciting. I'm so glad you've lost so much weight. Um, and then it's amazing that, you know, nothing, you, you haven't had to make any adjustments up until this point. But everyone right. write this down because this is such a good line. And this is something I have to tell myself very often and apply to many areas of my life aside from weight loss. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Okay. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So this goes with your communication with the spouse. This goes with, you know, your efficiency with work, your kids' ability to get to sleep sooner, whatever it is, certainly your weight loss. If nothing changes, nothing changes. You have to have an open mind. One of my favorite, favorite quotes um, is, uh, your mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Think about it like you jump from a plane, you need the parachute to open. It's the only time it's gonna work. Your mind is the same way. I want you, when you buy, the 2B Mindset, when uh, you can drop a book, when you order the You Can Drop a Book, when you start the 2B Mindset videos, we've been conditioned and heard so much weight loss advice in the past. We've all read books, news articles, television segments, neighbors, barbecues, PTA meetings. We've heard everyone give us advice on what to eat and what not to eat. I need you to go into the book, You Can Drop It, which has not only been verified by me as a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition, but I had Denise Bay, who's also a brilliant uh, nutritionist, help me you know, overlook the book, make sure all the studies were conducive and, and all the advice is sound and evidence-based. I mean, this is 
based on science and evidence and it's also designed to customize to yourself so you see what works for you and even you know you losing 63 pounds you know that i never told you exactly what to eat for breakfast lunch and dinner it's taken your own experimentation it's taken your own ability to take these guidelines take this advice and really design it in your own life through your tracker and your own to be mindset way in progress so when it comes to carbohydrates you have to you have to be smart about them because I want to get into what qualifies for a fiber-filled carbohydrate in a second. But I've had a lot of people tell me like, "Ooh, I found this coffee cake that works great as a fiber-filled carbohydrate." You know, per a lot of your your guidelines for it, but I can't stop eating it and I've gained five pounds. It's like, well, dude, that's not necessarily going to work for you. So um, let me get to that in a second. But awesome, awesome insight. Anyone else want to share something before I get into silly carbs? What's a silly carb? Um, anyway? I have a question. Yeah. Go for it. Um, I am currently pregnant and I used um, 2B Mindset to lose the weight from my last pregnancy. I gained 70 pounds actually with my son. And now with the knowledge I have, I don't want to do that again. So I watched like your tips and tricks on pregnancy, but I'm wondering how you stayed positive with gaining weight healthily while pregnant? Like if you have some mantras or tips and tricks for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and I, we're definitely gonna make this like a whole month topic for the Mindset Membership, but just because pregnancy is just such a prevalent thing that so many uh, people within our community go through. And even if it's not you going through it, you might have a daughter going through it. Um, so I totally understand it. Um, and for anyone who saw the 2B Mindset Pregnancy video, I filmed it on a Thursday and I gave birth to my son that Tuesday. So I'm really, really thought I was gonna pop all over the crew, which was all men, by the way, that day. But meanwhile, um, sorry, I digress. I'm just so happy to see you all, I'm so excited. Uh, but with pregnancy, the carb thing you really have to evaluate. Because one thing people love when they're pregnant um, and when they're stressed and everyone, you know, when they're going through menopause or any time in people's lives, you know, carbs really come as a source of comfort. And what does everyone tell uh, pregnant women to do in their first trimester? Oh, you're nauseous. Just eat carbs. Just eat carbs. You're nauseous. But meanwhile, you know, having an excess of carbohydrates and having an excess amount of weight gain, especially in that first trimester where you don't have a lot of gain to lose, can actually cause more issues in the long run with um, achiness in your back and, you know, higher risk of preeclampsia and all these other issues. So um, I, I, my best tip for pregnancy, which is something I really recommend, honestly, for everyone treating, you know, even for this period of, you know, social, social distancing, quarantine, whatever it is, you have to look at it as what you, what are you going to make of it afterwards? So I really like to realize like even this, this time of so like whatever we call this time of social distancing and COVID-19, staying home, whatever it is, it feels like every day is a month long, right? If you think about just like last week, it feels like a year ago. Like it just, time is so warped. But in the end of the day, in the end of our lives, hopefully, hopefully we all live healthy, happy, long lives to 120. And when you look at a couple of months indoors, it's not a long time. It's a small little window of our lives. Even pregnancy, pregnancy feels like forever. It feels like an eternity. And the day you give birth, it's like it all went away. It's like kind of a people who are engaged. Engagement period feels like forever. The day you get married, it's like it all just washes away. You forget all the drama that went before it. But in the thick of it, things feel tricky and they feel tough. And it feels like, you know what? I'm just pregnant. I should eat carbs. You know what? I'm so depressed. I'm at home. I'm anxious. I can just eat whatever I want. I don't want to focus on this. I really urge you not to do that. 
You have to look at life as a marathon. You have to look at your weight loss and your maintenance and your health as a marathon and something that you cannot ever give up on. And so you always have to have a sense of long-term reward. So I, like at the start of this whole social distancing, the start of my pregnancy, when I find out I'm pregnant, I really like to think backwards. Okay, in 10 months from now, what weight do I want to be at? Like, what's a healthy range I'd be happy with? And I'm not one of these people who only gain eight pounds and deliver 10-pound babies. Like, good, goodness, I wish. Not, I mean, I am so careful. My first pregnancy, I was so, so, so careful. And I still gained 37 pounds. And like, I mean, careful. And then with my second, I was... I really tweaked what I, what I did from the first one. I realized just because I'm pregnant, I don't just need to eat more bread because I have the energy um, and I still should be sticking with FFCs and not silly carbs and not just pizza because everyone else is doing it. So um, it's kind of the same. I mean, this is kind of touching more on like the chapters on motivation and how to bring yourself a sense of urgency and how to keep yourself motivated and consistent. But I do think it's really about thinking at the end of this whole period, what do you want to look back on and feel proud of? And I would love for you all to start sharing in the chat. Like for me, I wanna be proud of keeping an entire tracker, tracking every single day in my tracker because I have no excuse not to. I wanna be proud of the fact that I actually learned how to ride a bike after 30 plus years of not knowing how. I'm getting there, I'm not yet ready to share a video because I'm still falling on my tush. But you know, I, I did a project. I mean, listen, this is such a stressful time, but what do we wanna be proud of in the long run? And so I, I treat pregnancy the same way. At the end of pregnancy, I want to be proud of the fact that like, I don't want to feel like now I'm postpartum and I feel like I have six weeks I can't exercise and I feel like a blob because I gained 30 extra pounds that I, I didn't need to. So that's my best tip on pregnancy. I know it kind of deviated, but um, I hope that was kind of helpful in another way. Someone else share if, if uh, yeah, someone else pop on. I, or I can get into silly carbs. Let's get into silly carbs, okay? Because silly carbs, pregnancy, COVID-19, stress, everything, birthday party, celebrations, silly carbs are, are, are everywhere. Okay, so let's talk about what silly carbs are. I use the word silly because they're not bad. I have silly carbs all the time. My husband's right here. He knows I had a chocolate macaroon yesterday. Um, very silly, no fiber at all. They happen. Was it bad? No. Was it silly? Did I need it? Did it bring any nutritional value to me and my organs? No. So it's not necessarily smart, but it's not bad. It's just silly and we can all be silly sometimes. So when carbs are stripped of their fiber through processing, as in white bread, pasta, crackers, candy, and cake, the body absorbs the sugar more rapidly. And this is what causes our blood sugars to rise unnaturally, forcing our body to produce excess insulin to regulate it. So I call these silly carbs because it's fine to be silly on occasion, and you certainly can enjoy some along your weight loss, but you'll want to be smarter more often for more successful results. And FYI, insulin is a fat-storing hormone, so these foods do cause a quick weight gain as well. And we often turn to silly carbs because they provide a quick boost of energy or comfort that's extra appealing when we're feeling sluggish. Anyone relate to this? Joe Clevenger's like, yep. Yeah. I can relate, I can relate. Um, so I'll just get through this. So unfortunately, so we often turn to silly carbs because they provide a quick boost of energy or comfort that's appealing when we're feeling down and sluggish. Unfortunately, the extreme spike leads to an extreme drop causing you to feel tired and want another boost. So what do you do when you get that pickup? You reach for more of that instant energy or silly carbs. But because your body can't process it all, it eventually leads to more fat storage and you wanting even more. And it's a vicious silly carb cycle. So health issues aside, 
Health issues aside, these fiberless carbs are an issue because they increase appetite. That's what I want everyone to realize. White carbs, high sugar carbs, all of these things, they're not bad. You don't have to cut them out. They're not the villain. I can't even tell you how often I have them as part of my weight loss, certainly in maintenance mode, which you know we can touch on. But these things happen. Do they need to happen so often while you're in weight loss mode? Probably not. Do they have to happen so often when you're trying to break the habit of having them often? You know, probably not, right? And the bottom line is, what I want you all to realize with them is a lot of people classify them as bad and good or they spike insulin or they're not or whatever it is. Just for my sake, it's always helped me to look at white silly carbs, not as unhealthy, not as bad for weight loss. The one thing that helps me also uh, look at wine for someone who brought up wine, which I also have plenty of on occasion, is it does increase my appetite. So I just have to be very aware of the fact that white silly carbs, whether good, whether bad, whether I could track them in my to be mindset tracker and still see a weight loss day afterwards, they don't necessarily make me feel great because they usually make me feel hungrier afterwards. Okay, so for me, that's always been a really helpful um, clarification, and I think that will be helpful for you too. Ultimately, you'll want to do this anyway because through daily weigh-ins, you'll see the effect they have on your weight. With tracking, you'll discover the impact they have on your behaviors so you can achieve better self-control around food. And when you eat them in the order of my more sure model, which I want to talk about, you'll see how these silly treats fit in with the 2B mindset in your weight loss. So to break the cycle without sacrificing the energy you need, you should follow these following guidelines to help you decipher a silly car versus an FFC. Okay, does that, should I go through that? Do you guys like this topic? By the way, at the end of this chat, we'll talk about different ones if you want me to, yeah? Yeah. Share, share, share something. Okay. Yeah. What's the last carb that, uh, right in the chat, what's the last carb? What's, what's a carb in the chat? Write a carb, a snack, a silly treat or something that every time you have one bite, it makes you want to eat 400 of them. And you might say this about a huge group of foods. Ch choose one food. Noodles, cookies, cookies, chips, tortilla chips, 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 chocolate, chocolate, chocolate chips. Ooh, chocolate chips are tricky. Gummy bears, ice cream, Reese's cups, keep going, keep going, cupcakes, cupcakes. Um, ice cream, the and you guys are writing in the answer, what's the thing that every time you have one bite of, you want more of? Keep going, brownies, sweets, Doritos, popcorn. I love the emoji popcorn, that's super cute. Keep going, keep going. I wanna see, uh, maybe we can poll what the number one thing is everyone said. Okay, here's my number one tip on choosing carbs. Number one tip, which again, like I've never heard a dietitian explain it this way. This is definitely not something I learned in um, you know, high level nutrition courses. This is something I've learned through practice and working through people and being literally one of you, someone who has to just overcome my carb addiction. Choose ones you won't overeat. So every single, every single thing that you just put into the chat, choose ones that you won't overeat. If your thing is chips, and every time you have a chip, you know you're gonna eat 5,000 chips, not be able to track it accurately, not feel great afterwards. You don't wanna start, Joe, Joe, I love Joe's doing the motions, just like slapping her face with chips. <laughs> okay, so number one tip for choosing carbs is choose the ones you won't overeat. A lot of weight loss success revolves around nutrition, but I have seen firsthand how much environment, emotions, and your past habits play a role in what and how you eat. Okay, guys, this is like so critically important. I'm so happy this is the topic. Please listen closely now if you learned so much before. 
if every time, I'm saying this, I'm trying to go really slow so you can really capture this. If every time you bring home that baguette, you can't stop eating it, then why bring it home again? Some brands are up front with the addictive nature of their foods. This, I die from. I mean, like, I, I figure to, I, I laugh so hard from. Because some brands are so upfront with the addictive nature of their foods. Pringles, the Pringles slogan is literally, who knows the Pringles slogan? Take off your mute. Once you pop, you stop. can't stop. <laughs> I mean, they're so upfront and they tell you, we've designed this, so once you pop, you're not gonna stop. We own you, we control you. Be, okay, so this is where I really want you guys to pay attention, okay? Be aware of what I call, quote unquote, open-ended foods. I don't know if you've heard me say this before, if this is the first time, just be aware. I, co I coined this term, open-ended foods. Open-ended foods. Be aware of open-ended foods, a term I coined for things like that large bag of tortilla chips or pretzels sitting in your pantry. There are 12 servings per bag. How many do you think you've eaten at a time? I put this question mark in the book. I want to see it in the chat. How many, because a lot of you said goldfish crackers, pretzels, chips. If there's 12 servings in a bag of chips, how many do you think that you've eaten at a time? Like 11, five, six, a eight, bag. whole <laughs> bag, exactly, half. If carbs have been your weakness and you have a history of overeating them, then you will want to choose carbs with a clear and realistic end or serving size, okay? So open-ended, who knows? I mean, when I was talking about a 12-serving bag, how many do you think you have eaten? I mean, some answers are just too many, half, maybe half, maybe six, possibly three. It's such a question mark. So if you have a history of overeating these, then you'll want to choose carbs the clear and realistic end or serving size. I recommend to sticking to trackable carbs. Okay, what's an example of a trackable carb? A close-ended carb, okay? A piece of fruit. A whole apple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> when was the last time you ate four apples? Um, a hundred <laughs> calorie bag of popcorn. A hundred calorie bags are great. Sure, from a marketing standpoint, they just give you less per bag and charge you more. But at the end of the day, at least you know how much you're having. And pre-sliced bread, a baguette, tricky. I think cake is the worst thing ever. We had a cake this week. I don't wanna tell you what I did to that cake. I told my husband, we can't have cakes in the house. Cookies, one thing. You have one cookie, you know you had a cookie. When we just had this cake and we were trying to eat it fast enough before our kids walked in and wanted it also, it didn't work. I don't know what to say of that cake in my tracker. Cake, big baguettes of bread, too tricky. They're so open-ended, right? So when you create an environment where the best foods for your weight loss are readily available, it's much easier to make good choices. And if you have an environment where your pantry is filled with not so good tongue tempters, you're going to have a much harder time with weight loss. So step one, step one for this whole saga on carbs, Step one is focusing on foods that you won't overeat. I'm gonna repeat that, okay? Because I started this whole thing with choosing more fiber and less sugar. The reason why you want more fiber and less sugar, aside from your health and blood sugar control and heart health and all those things, 
the reason why you want more fiber and less sugar in your carbs, how I see it, is it, it doesn't trigger and initiate the same sense of out of control eating that makes you even hungrier, okay? So that's why you always want more fiber and less sugar. But at the same time, sometimes there are high fiber, low sugar foods that you're still gonna eat a lot of, like air pop popcorn that you still don't have control over. So step one is focusing on foods that you won't overeat, okay? And even like a lollipop or a, you know, a sucking candy. Sometimes if I'm at a birthday party, a kid's birthday party, remember birthday parties before all this? I would have like a sucking candy because one sucking candy, maybe it's 50 calories, maybe it's all sugar, but it's actually keeping my mouth really busy for like five minutes and preventing me from taking random like bites of pizza or fries elsewhere. So even though it's not high in fiber, even though it's high in sugar, I know it's helping me from going for foods that I'm potentially may overeat. So step one is really, I love that you guys wrote it in the chat because you aren't only accountable to me now, you're accountable to you know 260 other people on the call. Like if you said chips and cookies, M&Ms and goldfish crackers, you really have to ask yourself now why you would have to buy those again. And the three words I hear from people all the time, which I'm deviating from the book, it's in the book, but somewhere else is, for my kids. Oh my gosh. I know if you all had your microphones off right now, I'd be like, but I have to get goldfish crackers. Three words for my kids. If you, mama's out there, spouses out there, friends out there, siblings out there are buying it and you know you're going to be the one overeating it and you're the one who has to focus on this. No one needs it. If they don't see it, they won't even think about it. You're going to replace it with something else. Okay. So choose ones that you're less likely to gorge on. Okay, and then I have, um, within the book, I have my Alana-isms everywhere. So Alana-ism, open-ended foods, large, seemingly bottomless containers of silly carbs, examples including bags of chips, tubs of cheese balls, or three rows of sandwich cookies. Stick to FFCs, you can track. Okay, I wanna take a break here. I wanna hear from you. What did you get from this? What is your takeaway? What is the change you wanna make moving forward as it pertains to carbs? Come on, come on guys. I'm gonna try a different carb at lunch. Okay, what are you gonna go from what to what? Well, I usually eat a sweet potato at lunch. I bake it. Um, I'm gonna try like a whole grain muffin or something. You know Maybe what? I Listen, I always love to promote you know, fruits and vegetables whenever possible. The thing though, is that this is a potato, okay? This is a six ounce potato. I don't know where you live. I don't know where you food shop but I'm holding this six ounce potato the size of the palm of my hand. I have seen potatoes the size of my entire forearm. Yeah, that what you have in your hand is more like the ones that I eat. Okay. I, buy the, I buy the steamable bag of sweet potatoes and just take out of there and eat them one at a time. Great, and what I want you to realize is as as you eat, as you continue losing more weight, because I wanted to talk about like maintenance mode and weight loss mode versus melting mode and maintenance mode. As you lose more weight, as I've lost more weight, as I've broken through plateaus and went from, you know, 215 into the 190s and then from the 190s to the 170s and the 170s to the 150s and the 150s to the 130s and the 130s to the 120s, I had to change things up. And I love volume. So I have never changed the amount of volume I've put into my body. And I feel so strongly about this. I think my husband, Lara, Caitlin, who are on here, who've eaten with me. I mean, when people eat with me, they're pretty amazed how much I can take down. Um, but I've just exchanged the volume from 
carbs and proteins and accessories and fats and things like that to just more water, more weight loss, more veggies, more weight loss. And for me, especially now living in the same place, making the same, you know, couple of steps and movement every day, even if I'm taking walks, even if I'm doing um, beach body on demand workouts, I just feel like I'm having so many less steps in and out of cars, like even just errands in and out of things that even like just English muffins, I feel like kind of weigh me down because I just don't have enough energy to burn off after it. And that might be me at my current stage. Um, so one thing that I've had to realize is like even a half of an English muffin is usually enough to make me feel energetic, half a banana in my Shakeology. Um, so I think it's really important to try track and see what's working best for you. And also realize that veggies, while veggies are so, so low in calories and carbs, and you can eat a million veggies and still lose lots and lots of weight and feel good and feel your absolute healthiest, best self, veggies also contain some carbs. So if you have, you know, if you're eating like bowls and bowls and bowls of spaghetti squash and stuff like that, you might not even feel the need when you're less active, uh, especially if it's a later lunch or whatever it is, to even add that extra sweet potato or something like that just for the sake of plating it with the to-be mindset. So I think it's really important that, you know, more important than plate it, which is not such a strong component of the book because that's really uh, based to the program, is as you're 63 pounds down, this is, this is for people who are down 63 pounds, not for people who just started, but as you're down 63 pounds and now you're so much more intuitive of what's working for you, now you really got to get into the mode of like, you know what, I got to try track and see X, Y, and Z and how I feel doing that. And again, uh, your mind only works if it's open. It's like a parachute that way. So, oh, Alana, Alana, yes. Alana. Yes. Um, hi, how are you? Hi. Um, can you uh, talk to us about what melt mode is? Because I've never heard that in the in the program that, I mean, I've been doing it for almost a year and a half, but I haven't heard what that is. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, absolutely. So first of all, back on the carbs, um, just to close it up, Within the book, I hope you guys can see this. I haven't even seen my face throughout this. I hope I'm still there somewhere. Yeah, um, I'm just so obsessed with seeing all your beautiful faces. I can't thank you enough for having your cameras on. Um, but uh, so within the book, I literally show food labels. I hope you can see this. So comparing sugary cereal to bran flake, helping you break down a confusing food label. A lot more um, examples on how to choose the best carbs. Is fruit really a carb? So I go into fruit. Um, and then if you can see uh, this in video form right now, like look at all the beautiful color I have here showing glasses of wine, where wine alcohol fits in and so forth. So uh, definitely more on the carb uh, aspect in the book. And then uh, within chapter seven, I really go into the more sure model. If you want more, if you are eating something like chips and it feels addictive, how to use the more sure model you want more sure how to go about it in the smartest way so if you are still eating chips you are still finding a way to control them best and i i really eat according to the more sure model literally every day in meal so even that chocolate macaroon i said i ate yesterday i ate in the form of the more sure model um there's a video within the tube minds of program called you want to eat more sure uh watch that and then i definitely go into it within the book okay so let me see in the chat, any last questions on carbs, comments, anything before I briefly go into melting mode? I have a question. Yeah, hey. 
I have um, a couple different clients that work out at nighttime after dinner. Um, and I know that the plate at nighttime is mostly veggies and then a protein. Um, if they were to add in a FFC, should it be more like fruit-based or whole? Like I know obviously a FFC, not a silly carb at night, um, but do you have a recommendation for a nighttime carb? I know fruit's really sugary, so. Right. Yeah. So fruit, um, fruit, if you actually do look at it on a nutrition label, like some fruits don't even have more fiber than sugar, but the sugars are natural sugars. Um, so the question is, carbs are really designed for fueling energy and activity. So if someone is going to be exercising at 9 p.m. at night and they feel like they've only had veggies and water and some lean proteins in the last couple hours, they might have, they might not have um, enough stamina and energy to sustain and optimize their following workout. So in that event, it's a great idea to, you know, maybe add in a good FFC serving carbohydrates, um, especially if it's, you know, it's also kind of like a snack. It's like something in that mid before that you're going to have to fuel the workout if you feel like you need it. Um, you know, um, this is like a side note. I might have this in the book. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I also lecture at UCLA, which is not in session now at all. But um, in the past, I've lectured at UCLA and the head of sports and training a dietitian shared with us how she helps fuel the athletes at UCLA before swim practice. And this just blew my mind forever. And so I feel the need to share it with as many people as possible because it really blew me away. So she works with 18, 19, and 20 year old young men, okay, who are like six foot four probably and unbelievable muscular structure. Okay, so all of us on the call right now, bless us all, love you so much. I'm like sub five four female, not moving a lot right now. I don't know about any of you. Um, my metabolism's never been um, so spectacular, stupendous. So uh, this is compared to rawly, like pure muscle boys who are 18, 19, 20 years old, athletes, athletes, athletes. Okay, just to give you a perspective. She told me these boys wake up so early to start training. So they're waking up at like 4.30 in the morning so they could get in two hours of training or whatever it is before classes and so forth. They're getting up at 4.35 in the morning. A lot of them are too nauseous to eat before training, but she wants them to optimize their endurance and make sure that they have enough carbs they need to sustain their, their training schedule as athletes, okay? Just to give you a perspective who we're talking about now, okay? And this is bright and early in the morning of guys with, you know, lots of lean muscle mass, not a lot of fat mass on them. What she gives them, the solution to have enough carbs to sustain their workouts is a 15 carb shot of unsweetened applesauce cup. One half cup applesauce unsweetened cup. Jen is like, oh man, yeah. So, I mean, I've heard, I mean, this really blew me away because before I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need carbs. I need a sandwich before I go on the treadmill for 20 minutes while I watch CSI, um, you know, or Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever it is. I must, you know, ha have a whole banana. And when she told me that these swimmers are having one unsweetened applesauce cup before like an hour plus of training, I was like, ooh, maybe I'm, I'm overdoing it myself. So I definitely think it's important to add an FFC, like half a banana, like an apple, you know, like half an English muffin with maybe um, a teaspoon or two of almond butter, you know, something to make sure that you have the energy you need so you can optimize your workout and you have great energy doing it because otherwise, what's the point? You don't want to do a workout and feel lethargic through it at all. Um, but also, you know, 
definitely be aware that working out at night is not just a reason to you know carb load before okay i hope that makes sense shiri you look like you had to look up and process that for a second so um <laughs> i hope i hope i clarified in the right way if i if you have any questions on that please let me know um, but you know, these are just some anecdotes that really helped me change my mindset in my relationship with carbohydrates overall. Any questions on this before I go into like a little bit on melting mode? Can I just ask a question about sodium? Yeah. Um, what would you consider a lot of sodium in a meal? Like sometimes there are good FFCs, but like I got to watch the sodium really, really carefully. So what would you consider a lot of sodium in, let's say, one serving of something, like a carb serving? So it's a great question. Um, I, I think it's really relevant to start the answer um, with, with just a little background information when it comes to sodium. There have been such interesting studies and reports to show that the number one source of sodium in the American diet I believe even surpassing packaged food is actually restaurant food mm. or their neck and neck, okay? So either restaurant meals, fast food meals um, is I think the number one source of sodium in the American diet, even beyond like bags of chips and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it is because like fast food chains that make the foods really uh, long in advance and salt historically is a, like our number one source of food pres preservation. So that's why I like pickles, like a little salt and, and stuff like that. So salt is a food preserver. Um, and so there tends to be lots of salt in fast food, restaurant meal chains, and packaged foods. I say this because a lot of people at home, when I salt my meals, I'm, you know, in the Mindset Menu cooking channel, they will be on Bod soon, I'm so excited. Um, and so forth, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, it looks like you're using too much salt. And I, I do want to clarify that the salt that you're adding to roasted vegetables is probably still a fraction fraction of the food of the salt that you'd be getting from a restaurant meal or a packaged food um, and a little salt does go a long way in getting you to eat more veggies so I, I do want to say that, that that it's very possible that you think you're using more salt than you potentially are um, in terms of of salt and ffcs and fiber filled carbohydrates the thing with salt is salt adds a sense of addiction okay because this is totally deviates from the book. I just think it's interesting. Human beings, humans are the only mammal, I believe in existence, where our blood is actually 1% salt. So we are actually one of like the only living species where we actually have, we need salt, a concentration of salt in our blood in order to live and function. So it is considered like a necessary nutrient. And if you're salt depleted, it can lead to a host of issues. So it is something that we inherently do crave and enjoy. Um, and the issue with salt on the FFCs is that there's a balance of sugar, salt, and fat, which ultimately makes food addictive. So I go into the book. I won't I get so far into it now, but Oreo cookies, which a lot of people said is one of the foods you are like have a hard time controlling. Oreo cookies, the best-selling cookie of all time, most notably of the fact that they have the perfect balance of sugar, salt, and fat that makes you like not ever just satisfied from one. It makes you want to kind of sleep, eat a whole sleeve at a time. So the, the reason why you want to be cautious with salt and FFCs is like I said, all carbs break down to sugars. So if you have something that breaks down to sugars and there's an element of salt and fat, i.e. potato chips, which is like, I think the number one thing you all said you overeat, 
one of the reasons why potato chips are so addictive is because they are so salty, is because they not only break down to sugar, but they have so much added salt and fat um, in the frying and salting method. So when it comes to uh, choosing FFCs, fiber-filled carbohydrates, all carbohydrates, it is a good idea, especially if this is a food group that you do have a hard time controlling, it's definitely a good idea that you try to choose ones that have less salt, like a chopped up apple, um, you know, like half a banana in a shake, like, you know, an English muffin if you're adding like no salt added almond butter or something like that. It's definitely a good idea knowing that sugar, salt, and fat causes addictive eating. It's a good idea to limit added sugar and salt to your FFCs. Like for example, my husband loves to take white challah bread rolls and add butter and jam. I mean, like he can afford it because he lives with two B mindset 95% of the time without realizing it. But um, like it's, you know, it's addictive. You have the butter, you have the starches, you have the sugar, it's, it's salty butter. It's, it's like that whole recipe for what causes you to want to just eat more and more and more. So um, I always recommend putting the sugars and salts that our body does crave, the sugar, salt, and fats that our body does want and does crave onto your veggies. And that's why within the recipe book, I have spaghetti, spaghetti squash carbonara with a pinch of salt and you have the egg yolk mixed in and you have like, it's just it's a spaghetti, spaghetti squash, a little sweet to it. And so these are recipes like Brussels and bacon from the 2B Mindset program. Like you want the, if you're gonna be using salt, you're gonna wanna add it on veggies. It's a great point um, to try to limit as much as possible sodium when it comes to FFCs. I hope I answered that. Um, and then uh, FFCs for dinner, like beans, butternut squash, sweet potatoes, corn, you know, you definitely wanna try track and see if that works for you. And then adding in a walk after dinner, if you have the time to, is always a good idea. It just, taking a walk after you eat a good amount of carbs is putting the carbs into process. I never want anyone to be obsessive and feel like, oh no, I just ate pasta, I should take a walk. Absolutely not, and I definitely don't think like that or do that. But it, it does, you know, if you feel like you overdo it, especially if you've just been sitting in your house all day and you overdid it on chips and stuff like that, a lot of it is probably coming from a stem of boredom, need for distraction, stress, and everything else. So taking a walk outside, taking a walk around the block, maybe you know, pushing play on a beach body on demand workout or stretch video is a good idea, not only for putting that excess energy to use uh, and fuel into use, but also in just giving your body what it probably was looking for in the first place, which is a sense of calm um, and comfort, which is like how we, how we started this. Heather saying good advice. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like we're ready at the hour point. I kind of want to take, um, Evangeline has a question. I, I mean, please write in the chat if you really want to know about weight loss mode, melting mode, maintenance mode, how to kind of capture and optimize each one. Let's just make that the topic of next one so I could really go into it. And if any of you have been in maintenance mode and weight gain mode and you want to get into that melting mode, I want to give it the time and energy it deserves because I could totally get you there. Um, oh my gosh, I love you all. Melting mode, melt mode. More thoughts on wine. Um, can I hear someone take off the, off the microphone? I want to see somebody, hear somebody. Yeah. I just have a question about um, people who may suffer from um, fertile bowel syndrome type of thing, issues, um, or ulcers, or... Um, different things like that, quietus. Um, yeah. What, what would you say as, or tell them or recommend as far as the veggies? Because some of them have a hard time 
consuming a lot of totally. veggies. So, um, you know, anyone who has an irritable bowel disease, like who falls under the umbrella of IBD, you know, you always want to be working closely with your gastro, um, your GI, you know, make sure that you are going through the precautions you need. So I don't want to speak to any sort of medical disorder, um, especially not through like a video session. That's not a private client that I really understand their history with it. Um, I tell you in working with my private clients, what I've seen as successful, what I kind of go into a little bit within the book in terms of any stomach distress with veggies that people experience. Um, so veggies contain a lot of fiber. Okay. And they contain a lot of fiber and they're so good and good for you. But what, if you haven't been used to eating a lot of fiber, because you've been used to eating a lot of like potato chips or gummy bears or all the foods that you guys were saying before that you might not have realized you eat a lot of, but once you start tracking within the 2B mindset, you realize they're more prevalent than you um, usually would have suspected. Um, if you're eating white rice, white pasta, potatoes, all these things, and then you switch to five cups of broccoli, um, your stomach is going to react. So, you know, certainly if you have have like GI issues, then you know you definitely don't want to do anything in extreme measures, um, and you want to be working closely with your doctor. But even if you're uh, any sort of person, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people say the the, two, the first two weeks on the to be mindset is such a cleanse. They've never gone to the bathroom more in their life. They drop six pounds, whatever it is, um, and it's kind of like something they don't really complain about, but they experience. Um, so it's because it is definitely an increase in fiber, and you're not used to eating that way. The more you eat these things, the more accustomed then you become because your body is so, and I'll actually touch on wine in this now for a second. So I'll kind of like wrap up with how, like just digestion overall, like let's just do like digestion 101 kind of thing on digestive enzymes, which I kind of talk about in the book, but I'll go into now. And it definitely pertains to veggies and wine is basically our bodies are so beautifully designed and i just completely fell in love with the body i'm so thankful that becoming a dietitian made me take all these pre-med classes that i wouldn't have otherwise taken so hard but i, I, I learning about the body really encourages you to want to optimize it and 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 glorify it and celebrate it because it is so wonderful how it works and our body is so efficient it's such an efficient run machine that it only creates the enzymes it needs that it witnesses in order to break them down so one of the reasons that you know, coronavirus, one of the reasons why coronavirus has become so lethal um, for so many people is because it's so foreign, right? So we've seen the flu, we've been exposed to it, we've known other people with it, we've had it, our body has built up antibodies and a regulation for it so that it hasn't really taken us out so drastically the way coronavirus has, because coronavirus, it's so novel, um, we've never seen it before, so our bodies like don't even know what to do with it. So veggies, if you haven't been eating them and you just start eating them, you are going to be under a lot of gastric distress and I really recommend anyone who has any stomach sensitivities go into the to be mindset you know like you're going into cold water take one step at a time first start by drinking more water then start with more veggies there are a lot of veggies that are a little less fibrous um, and difficult to digest so cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower and broccoli thank goodness I have like an ironclad veggie stomach at this point I could eat those things all day and be fine but for someone just starting the to be mindset not really used to eating a lot of veggies I really recommend cucumbers zucchinis um, you know uh, cooked well cooked veggies like veggies that have been like well steamed like um, cooked uh, turnips like steamed turnips we have a great like turnip uh, 
salad recipe. So veggies that are a little less high in cruciferous vegetables. The cruciferous vegetables like Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli can definitely be more difficult to digest for those who aren't used to it. Cooking them down is definitely helpful. So let's talk about wine, like why I brought wine into this. Because wine is kind of the same way. Our body has some enzymes that break down wine. So this kind of goes back to pregnancy too. Um, when you're pregnant, if you're not drinking any alcohol, your body is not gonna produce alcohol dehydrogenase in as much abundance. Alcohol dehydrogenase is the enzyme that breaks down alcohol. So if you think about it like straining pasta, if you have really big holes in the strainer, then you're gonna get pasta going through it. So if you have a lot of the enzyme and you drink a lot of wine and you're drinking wine all the time, your body has such large strainer holes that you're gonna need a lot of wine in order to to get through, I don't know if that makes any sense, but basically you're digesting it very quickly. So you need like three glasses in order to feel drunk because it goes through your body very quickly. You just will pee it out in an hour and need more and need more. If you don't drink wine very often, if you haven't drinking wine in a while or any alcohol in a while, your body's not gonna make a lot of this enzyme that helps break it down. So you like drink wine and it kind of sits in you for longer. So that first time after you're pregnant, after you deliver your baby and you drink alcohol, you need to like, you're like, woo, I like can't believe one glass of wine. It, it's really hitting me and it's staying with me. It's because your body isn't used to making that enzyme that breaks it down compared to someone who drinks wine every night. So if you've been drinking wine every night, if you haven't been losing weight with the 2B mindset, I mean, I've never seen anyone drink wine every single night and lose weight, um, but I would definitely recommend maybe sticking to it as Friday nights or just on the weekends or something like that because one thing is it'll help you get the effects of it sooner because you're not making as much of the enzymes. So then it's more efficient than from one or two glasses, you'll feel the effects that might've taken you three or four when you were having it every night. Um, and it's definitely a great way to slim down on the sugar. And one thing I talk about within the Two Minds of Program is like, you have to know yourself. For me, wine makes me eat more. So I, you know, I definitely had wine the other night when we were celebrating for a holiday and I knew I was going to eat more and it might not be a weight loss day, but I just treated, not cheated. I had wine, I had lamb, I had, I don't even know what I had. It was just a great night and I totally fully enjoyed it and that's great, but you kind of have to go in with the mentality of what, what is this going to do? You have to, you want to go into this stuff with the self-awareness. Um, so I, I definitely think the next subject should be melting mode. Um, I, I know we we kind of exceeded the one hour. I would love for one of you to take over. Um, just give me something. Was there a quote from this that we can pull? Anyone take a note of something you want to share? Hi, I definitely appreciated the, the bits about the wine there because unfortunately with the pandemic, it's definitely become so easy each evening just to grab a glass of wine to relax and so i'm definitely going to be cutting that down to hopefully just one night a week friday night saturday night one of those and doing that so thank you caroline where are you calling in from um i'm actually over on the east coast but i'm from the uk originally thank you for joining us and i'm actually really excited the 2b mindset is now available in the uk and soon to be france which is super exciting uh if you have friends over there you can let them know um, thank you for sharing. Anyone else? Come on, share like sure. something that you got from this. At the end of this, what do you want to be proud of? Yeah. That was a big one. Same. I like to if yeah. nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. and I like the analogy with the parachute. If your mind I love that one. Open, your parachute won't work. <laughs> your mind won't work. Yeah. I, I like the if 
nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. How your health needs to be looked at as like a, a marathon, not as yeah. a sprint. Right. Yeah. I mean, the most admirable thing to me, like the number one most admirable thing to me are the blue zones. I don't know if you guys know about the blue zones. I talk about them in my book, but they're essentially the areas of the world that have the greatest rates of longevity. People in these areas and pockets of the world, like I carry a Greece and Okinawa, Japan, they don't just live long. They live long and with like some of the lowest rates of dementia and heart disease. And what's really interesting is that in America, our health may peak in like our 20s and then it looks like a slow decline after, like kind of like a quick decline after that. And the people in these countries who live the absolute longest, um, which we call the blue zones, and I talk about research from what they do and they eat within the book that we should be emulating. And um, they live like this, like people in these areas of the world, they're 95, they're still gardening outside. They're still working, they're still active, they're still riding bikes, they're still hiking. And for me, that is the most inspirational thing. I have clients who are 75, 85. I don't want to look great next year, you know, just this week, whatever it is. You gotta look at this as we're in this for the long haul and every choice you make, like buying that bag of potato chips when you know that they don't work for you is, is either feeding into a habit or it's helping you break it. So I definitely want to lead you guys with that now of like, there's so much social media advice and nutrition, quote unquote, influencers, experts, whatever it is, who tell you carbs are bad, carbs are good, carbs are whatever. You got to know for your absolute self, which carbs work for you, which absolutely don't work for you. And you have to know yourself and not test yourself with them. And you got to put yourself into a place where you ultimately feel the most control and excited and in open and in absolute ownership of your health and your choices. And however you can make that easy for yourself, like switching from buying a baguette of bread to sliced high fiber bread, you gotta make the choice for yourself because ultimately it's you who's gonna benefit so much from that. Um, gosh, I'm so excited for you to have this book. I can't um, wait for your book. I'm so oh excited. My gosh. Thank you, Susan. Um, oh my gosh, it. I am so, and thank you just now. I needed to hear the control because I've lost almost 80 pounds. Yes! And you are a blessing. And I'm, I'm aging younger. I'm almost 59 and I choose to age younger. And, and I just know this program works and it is a life. It's, it's for always. So just thank you again and, and just the control. Where I'm at now with the maintenance part is remembering I need to still stay in control of what I'm choosing to eat. So bless yes. you. Oh, God, I love you. We're definitely going to make that the subject of next one. I won't even pull it. It's 100% the topic of next one. The difference between weight loss mode, melting mode, and maintenance mode. And for everyone who said they pre-ordered the book um, or they want to pre-order the book and it was out, um, sold out on Amazon, one, it's back up on Amazon. They restocked and so is Barnes & Noble. So on Amazon and, um, and on Amazon and Barnes & Noble now. Love you. Oh, boy. So excited to get your book. Oh, thank you. Jacqueline Garcia, you wanted to say something? Uh, um, I started the Juvie Mindset. What is, what would you say is the difference between this and the book that you have coming out? I mean, am I going to find a lot more stuff in that book? Oh, great question. Great question. Um, so 
you can definitely have the to be mindset. Like, listen, like the book didn't even come out yet. And we have people on this call who are down 60, 85 pounds from the to be mindset without the book. A hundred percent on the to be mindset is designed to have like the first 12 sessions with me. So literally as if you're a private client in my office, the to be mindset is everything you need to kick off those first 10 sessions. The book really takes you into sessions 10 through 20, uh, which my private clients definitely have gone for. Um, that era of staying consistent, uh, how to get over the self-sabotage thinking. So within the To Be Mindset program, I break down for you what to eat, how to eat, you know, what to choose for, sense of control, sense of weight loss, sense of progress, and with the tools you need to overcome it, like the water bottle and the tracker and, you know, starting out recipes. The book really, really highlights um, an in-depth synopsis on staying motivated, self -sab overcoming the self-sabotaging eating, overcoming the cravings, um, helping you break down um, also like the difference between weight loss mode, maintenance mode, melting mode, which is something I don't talk about within the To Be Mindset program. Um, I have aspects within the book, like talking more about environment and emotional eating, um, and then a little less on the nutritional aspect of eating, aside from like the carbs and some food groups. So it's definitely a different perspective, um, plus 40 delicious recipes. And listen, I'm obsessed with the To Be Mindset recipes and the Mindset membership recipes. I highly recommend printing them out, but there is nothing like having a printed out uh, cookbook. So, I mean, I literally just keep the stand of all the recipes in my house um, and I've been making them nonstop. And there's also, within the book, is also a four week slim down plan. So not only are there delicious recipes in here, but there's a whole four week slim down plan, including grocery lists, uh, grocery lists, tips, what to eat, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and like everything to do so. Like, oh, I recommend making the turkey burgers um, right before you make the crispy cabbage and then store it this way so you can still eat it on Thursday for dinner. So I do that for every single week within a four-week meal plan. So that's also a huge additional value of the book. And I just know you're gonna love it. Yeah. I love you guys. Please be on the lookout for the next one. You're all amazing. This is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. 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 Thank